Have you ever been watching a movie and gone, well, why don't they just fix the problem like that? Of course, then there probably wouldn't be a movie. But tech pioneer VMware said, screw that, we're going to turn this idea into a podcast. So they dropped a couple of IT guys into classic sci-fi movies, like Star Wars, The Matrix, and Terminator, to plug their technology plot holes. Super clever and funny. It's called IT is Greater Than Sci-Fi, and you can listen at vmware.com slash radius slash sci-fi, or download from iTunes. So last week, I, uh, I went down to Venice, California to check out a vending machine for Snapchat spectacles. It was this big yellow minion-looking thing, and um, people were waiting in line. Pretty much, I mean, for like, I was there for four, four and a half hours because it's the only place you can buy this this new wearable. Uh, and as I got to the front of the line, you know, people were walking down the Venice boardwalk. They're very interested, obviously, about what this weird vending machine is and why people are waiting. And so this this person walks by and says, oh, what is this? And so, I, you know, I say like, well, it's Snapchat Spectacles. It's this new, you know, thing that lets people, you know, you can record video and put it on Snapchat and they seem very interested. And I'm talking about how it's, you know, different than Google Glass and all this kind of stuff. And they're nodding. They're like, hmm, this is all very cool. And, and I finished my thing and they look at me and they go, what's Snapchat? Hello, welcome to What's Tech. My name is Ashley Carmen. I am subbing in for your dear host, Chris Plant. And today I have with me senior reporter at The Verge, Brian Bishop. Hello. Hello. And we are talking about Snapchat's new spectacles. We really need you to explain here, Brian. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should be starting out with what is Snapchat, but can you just start from the top? Like, what are spectacles and how does this tie in to Snapchat? Right. Well, you know, Snapchat obviously is a, this app where people normally shoot, you know, stills or, or video with their phone and then, then upload it in these little tiny chunks. And spectacles are a pair of sunglasses. They look kind of like a weird, like, you know, I think I described it as a Warby Parker riff on Ray-Bans in, in our piece. Um, that basically have one camera in the in the right on the right side, and they allow you to shoot anywhere from ten to thirty seconds of video, um, you know, from your point of view. And it has so it's you know because it's at the same height as your eyes, uh, and it shoots in this interesting circular video format. So it's supposed to be more like it would be to capture your real perspective, you know, like Strange Days essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can take that; it syncs to your phone, and then you can then upload it to Snapchat after you add the traditional Snapchat stuff like filters and and all that kind of good stuff. And I mean, the pitch is basically, uh, you know, it's good for, you know, anything you would do with like a GoPro essentially, but you always have it on. Uh, it's, you know, it's right there. And it's very ephemeral because all you have to do is hit one button and record. And uh, so that's like the pitch. I expected, I mean, tr- truthfully, I expected to hate these because it's not, you know, I, I use Snapchat, but I didn't understand the purpose of this. And mm-hmm. so I was utterly shocked when I found them really, really fun. Um, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. But that's that's the gist. They are sunglasses that shoot video for Snapchat. Okay. I just have so many questions. Okay. First, though, <laughs> and then with that in mind, why are you on a beach buying sunglasses that are computers, basically video cameras? I mean, that question made, I mean, didn't like was obvious until you said computers and in, in the sunglasses. But yeah, um, <laughs> basically, Snap Inc. announced that they're you know, going to be making these. Nobody knew exactly when they would be coming out. And so out of nowhere... Uh, they said, hey, guys, you know, these are available through this vending machine. It's the only place they're available. They're $129.95. 
And, uh, you know, every couple of days, Snap Inc. is popping up these vending machines in in fun places, uh, fun cities, cool things that would be very snappable, I assume. And uh, and the first one was, you know, on the Venice boardwalk right next to their original headquarters, actually, which used to be right there on on the boardwalk in, in Venice, California. Uh, and then I think, um, you know, the second couple of days later, they had the second one, which is in Big Sur, uh, which is like a crazy trek to go for computer sunglasses for Snapchat, but I have no doubt people will do it because uh, the Snapchat fans that knew what this was were very, very excited and very, very passionate about the product. Yeah, that was actually what was interesting to me about this release was obviously everyone in New York, the media capital, is clamoring for a pair of these glasses. And it almost feels like Snapchat is purposely putting them in California in sort of like not in the heart of L.A. or anything like that. But you said these remote locations where the media, it almost seems like can't get to them. Yeah. And they were like, I mean, I'll be completely I'll pull back the the curtain. I totally emailed them and said, can you like hook us up so I don't have to stand in line for four and a half hours? And they said, no, nobody gets them. So, you know, in terms of how the sausage gets made, it was not getting made the conventional way. And but there's definitely whenever you have a situation like this, there's it's artificial scarcity, right? It creates hype. People are writing about the the rollout uh, as much as they're writing about the product. So it gets them this extra wave of attention. But there is something I think interesting about making it only accessible to fans, right? I think something mm-hmm. Snapchat always did that was interesting. Um, depending on your point of view, the the interface is Byzantine and bizarre, or it's adult proof, or you know, it basically it worked for its audience and like it's by the nature of its design, a lot of people just never bothered with it, which made it exclusive to a certain you know type of user. And this is kind of the same strategy, but with hardware. It's like it's out there, it's very exclusive. You have to put in some time and effort and get a sunburn, like I did, if you want to get it. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but the people that want it are actually there. The funny thing is, you mentioned the media thing. I would say it was probably a fifty fifty split on the line you know, in the line. I was there with. Uh, for the entire time between half Snapchat fans and half people, you know, working in media, getting them for themselves or, you know, to cover or for their bosses to figure out like future strategies and how this could play into their use of Snapchat moving forward. So, um, you know, 50 50 is not bad if it's getting into hardcore fans hands. Um, but then there's also this, you know, the crazy, you know, other side of that is all the this insane eBay selling. Yeah, I was going to uh, say the know. scalpers. No, like, I mean, I was in line. They started selling them. One guy walks out. He's like, 500 bucks. Who wants it? <laughs> and we're like, you're crazy. No way. And as it turns out, like looking at eBay, that actually was a pretty good deal, depending on how, you know, some of them have gone for a little bit more than that. So the scarcity, you know, angle is definitely working. Yeah. And what's even crazier is the $500. Like these glasses are, I feel like we should note, they're plastic, right? They're not really nice wood or metal. It's like plastic sunglasses. No, it's plastic sunglasses, but that is the whole vibe of the product too, right? It's like they are, they are, you know, in a, I mean, you don't want to lose them, but you wouldn't die if you lost them, assuming you could get them from someplace other than a vending machine um, because they're, you know, you know, Snapchat is ephemeral, right? Historically, that's why it was interesting. These kind of have that same feel. If they get scratched up, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, they are kind of like riffing on that Ray-Ban plastic sunglasses vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, fun. You know, there's a big, you know, it's very clear that, the, you know, from the product itself to even the, you know, the accessories they package it with, you know, fun is the vibe that they're going for. And I think that that ties into it. We're, in a strange way, a high-end premium product probably wouldn't be as interesting for what I think they're trying to do. 
Yeah, it definitely does have an air of fun to it. I mean, just watching people get excited about these has been exci- has been fun for us to watch because that doesn't happen really with releases anymore with technology, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, the last time I've been in a line with this, I think, was... Uh I cover a lot of lines for The Verge. This this happens to be that way. Um, but uh, I was at the Apple Watch line because there was only, you know, one physical location, I think, in the entire U.S. that had that watch for sale. And it was this terrible fashion boutique in Los Angeles, which was literally the worst thing ever. Um, but it was this was like the last time I'd done that. Uh, and it was kind of like a similar vibe, except the people... You know, everybody was probably about 15 years younger than was in that Apple Watch line. And they were, you know, much more excited, I think, than the than the Apple Watch people were. Yeah, I wanted to ask before we jump into sort of this, the video and all of that, I'm curious about the clientele. Like other than the media, did you feel like you got an idea of who still uses Snapchat? Because I've found, at least within my friend group, that a lot of people have actually abandoned Snapchat for Instagram stories recently. So I'm curious if, you know, you got a clearer vision of the company's future. I mean, I think demographics wise, it's definitely the same audience that they've been catering to. Um, You know, it was a lot of people in their early 20s, everybody that was above, you know, 30. And I'm this and these are exaggerate. I mean, not exaggerations. This is generalities. But I'd say everybody above 30 was there for some sort of work purpose. Yeah. And so that kind of like was on par. But it's also interesting because, you know, Instagram can compete on features. It's interesting that Snapchat is kind of trying to distinguish themselves via hardware. That's a really interesting approach just strategically. Mm-hmm, totally. Because, yeah, that's the next thing I want to get into is these are pretty proprietary in the sense that the video you said is circular. So can you explain a little bit of that and then also how these glasses really actually are limited because they can only be used on Snapchat. Yeah, well, they can't entirely be only used on Snapchat, but to really use them like properly, you want it to be on Snapchat because this, you know, the circular video thing, I think it's a 115 degree field of view, I want to say, that they have. So when you pull it up on Snapchat, um, you know, you can upload a video clip, you know, you pull up in Snapchat feeds. There's, you know, I put some on the Verge's feed. Um, We'll have more to come, I'm sure. And basically you can, you're seeing like, if you're, let's say your phone is aligned, you know, in portrait mode, you're seeing only, you know, a fraction of that circular video. You can turn your phone landscape then and see the rest of the video, which is really interesting because there's this kind of mini AR vibe to it where your phone is interacting with the clip and giving you a sense of looking around that moment and that experience that this, uh, that the spectacles user was capturing. But obviously, that only works with Snapchat. If you you can't export it, which I was kind of surprised to see, you can export it to pretty much any other social platform. You can save it off to your you know, camera roll on your iPhone, um, but it actually does it as a legitimately like as a circular video. It's a 1080 by 1080 uh, circle of video um, that looks obviously a lot more distorted and doesn't necessarily have that. Um, doesn't doesn't feel like you're looking at a real moment like it does when you're watching it on Snapchat. It feels like you're looking at something like a vaguely fisheye lens capture of something. Um, but I thought it was interesting that you can take that that core video and export it into you know pretty much wherever you want. You know, share it on Twitter, share it via you know you know SM, uh, MMS or whatever other format you wanted to do. Yeah, I experimented a little bit of that because Brian actually sent us a pair of the spectacles in New York. Um, I tried that out and I tried to share. One of my videos I took, and it definitely lost some of the appeal when now I'm actually more limited than I would be if I was just using my phone. If I'm trying to yeah. put it on Instagram, let's say, or something like that. Definitely. But I am wondering, you mentioned AR, if you have any sort of future-facing thoughts. I mean, we could be totally hypothetical here. Uh, where right. you, How you see these playing into AR. Well, I mean, the one thing that really struck me off, and I'm sure everybody that tries this will, that played with Google Glass will notice the same thing, is that Google Glass was supposed to be the great promise of our future and like, oh no, 
can you record things? It'll be terrible. It's going to change the way, you know, we have, you know, interpersonal social dynamics, this big concern. And that ended up not being a problem because nobody wanted to look like the Borg walking around. So <laughs> nobody wore them and the product just died. And that was okay. And so this thing is interesting because they, they do, a, they take a lot of steps to make clear people know that they're being recorded, but they try to make it fun. There are these yellow circles to the other side. One covers the camera. You know, one covers this LED display that kind of like swirls when you're recording. But it all feels very um, inoffensive. It all feels like kind of everybody's in on the joke and it's, you know, it's okay and it's a good time. Mm. Uh, And it was interesting. On Saturday, I went down to, um, uh, I mean, I went down to one of the Not My President um, protests in downtown Los Angeles. Um, uh, And it seemed like a good idea to capture, you know, time to capture some stuff. And capturing some snaps there, just, you know, for my personal account and playing with it there was really, really interesting because there definitely was something um, about capturing the immediacy of a moment, it felt like I could, you know, directly transfer and share my actual experience to somebody else. Because when I use Snapchat normally, I do find myself thinking about it in terms of um, how I would take a photo or how I would take a video. Where you try to compose it, you try to think of it. If you're doing multiple snaps, you're trying to compose it in terms of like of a longer narrative. Like you are doing, it's a construct essentially. Right. And with this, it's it's you don't have the option to do that. What's cool is you can do up to thirty second clips. You you know you hit the button once, it does a 10 second clip, you hit it two more times, it'll extend it by then 20, you know, up to 20 seconds, then to 30 seconds. Um, but you don't actually get to, you don't really compose the shot. It's just like you in the moment, which is really, really interesting. Um, and I think because it's these like maximum 30 seconds, 30 second clips, it is inoffensive for the moment. Um, and in a certain way could maybe normalize this kind of behavior in the first place. Because I think there is something intrinsically interesting about uh, a device, a wearable you can have on all the time. Um, and you know, whenever you want to do capture something and share that and have it convey the experience of being there with you, not a composed idea, not a forced constructed thing, not something you're adding your own artistic bent to, but just literally capture the moment, you know, cause even if you add filters or text on top of that, the core video itself is pure for lack of a better word. Yeah. And it seems like Snapchat strategy in the past, you know, admittedly, I haven't used Snapchat as much, or at least not the discover pages, but I do remember they were doing a lot of live events like oh the iphone launch and people mm-hmm. would tag their stories with that so this clearly seems to get be getting back to their roots as far as the live goes yeah and it's also it seems to really differentiate because you know for for media companies they're doing obviously a lot more elaborate you know snapchat you know, stories you mentioned discover that's very much its own thing where if this is kind of like the the normal everyday person's thing um, it definitely creates, you know, it differentiates what those are going to look like when you're consuming that content. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, what's also interesting for me is the the other side, you know, should these take off? Should people like them? The glasses are very distinctive, right? They, I mean, the design, you know, kind of can look like other things, but they have like these really pronounced yellow circles, as we were talking about. If they take off, people will know what that is. And that kind of can just drive Snapchat awareness in a really interesting way um, that I feel like we haven't really seen uh, from, you know, a social network before. Right. Yeah. I- I'm trying to think. There hasn't been this deeply intertwined hardware and social media that goes together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the closest you can get would be Facebook's short-lived, you know, software add-on, which, you know, died quickly. But yeah, there's never been like physical hardware. And uh, this is so fashion conscious. Um, It's obviously very specific to like a certain, you know, demographic and taste and style. It's not trying to appeal to everybody by any means, but that's also its strength, right? Mm -hmm. And when you went to the protest... Or just generally when you were wearing them, did A, people recognize what they were, and B, if they did or could tell that you were recording, how did they react? 
um, people actually did, which I was really surprised by. Um, there was a lot of like, oh, I think those are the Snapchat glasses <laughs> um, when I was walking around, which was hilarious just because I'm like, you don't want to you're going there. There's these really, really passionate signs, passionate spe- speeches, um, passionate people, um, very upset. And you don't, and in a weird way, I felt kind of guilty, to be honest. I don't want to like, you know, here I'm like bringing the Snapchat glasses that didn't seem... <laughs> When I was there, honestly, it felt a little bit inappropriate for the moment, but nobody acted weird when I was recording at all. And I think that says a lot about how kind of transparent they are. Um, If you look for it, if you know what to look for, you can see that they are related to this. But if you're not paying attention, they do just look like a pair of, you know, plastic sunglasses. Yeah, I am definitely curious to see how people react to the recording, because I know even in New York on the subway, there's always kind of that paranoia and also just acknowledgement that anyone could record you at any time, which is why I never publicly fall asleep on the subway because I'm like, hell no, I will not become a viral Gothamist post. It is not happening today, world. But with these glasses... That's a smart move. (laughs) Yeah. But with these glasses, uh, you know, people might feel differently. I don't know. Yeah. And also there's an aspect of the timing that's interesting too, right? Because I feel... When Google Glass came out, it was so in your face. But since then, I think there's even been more normalization of realizing you could be recorded for anything at every time. Like that was pre-Periscope. That was pre-Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. People are already, I think, more accustomed to the fact that somebody could be capturing video of them at any given moment. So, you know, even though there are all these, you know, notification mechanisms so people can know if they're looking right at you, it's not necessarily as much of a problem. Um, but I think honestly that 30 second time limit is is going to be a big help for them because it's, uh, you know, it can't get too long. It can never get too bad for lack of a better phrase. And uh, there's something interesting too, I think what they're doing in that when you do a 30 second clip, it doesn't upload as a 30 second clip. It ups, uploads as three 10 second snap videos, right? Mm. Which is also very, very interesting because in a weird way, the way they're approaching this is pushing their stories format instead of being an all-in-one thing, which also I feel like disarms it a little bit. Yeah, you can't capture. There's a limit, and that's that's nice. Whereas Google Glass, in theory, people probably thought you could go on forever just recording all of the things. Yeah. Well, wow. I feel like this was a really good conversation about Snapchat. Who knew? Well, don't get me wrong. There is going to be like a dystopian you know, Black Mirror episode where the Snapchat glasses are recording you all the time and just like <laughs> auto tags things that it thinks are important for you and uploads them and you have no choice. But we're not there yet. Yeah. I mean, let's facial recognition. The government can find you through the glasses, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> On an uplifting note. Yeah. Uh, great. So, Brian, was there anything else you wanted to tell us about Snapchat? spectacles, any other future predictions, or else we're going to close this out? Uh, You know, I think it's just going to be interesting to watch how people respond. They said this is going to be a a small run. It doesn't seem like it's going to be like a widespread product. Uh, And I'm really interested to see over the next few months how this rollout, you know, works, how people respond to it, if people get tired of waiting in lines for vending machines, but also how it changes usage patterns on Snapchats. I think you're going to be able to tell if it's having an impact. Um, just by following your feed, right? If people start doing things in an interesting way, changing the way they do things, because there's great creative opportunity here, mm-hmm. it could be a big, interesting thing for them. Uh, and I think it's one of those things over the next three months, we'll probably get a, a sense of if that's having an impact or not. Or maybe it'll just be like funky sunglasses and it doesn't take off and nobody cares. Yeah, and then we'll pull them out from our gadget closet here at The Verge and be like, oh, hey, remember these? <laughs> exactly. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's it for this week's What's Tech. Thanks for listening. If you do not subscribe yet to our podcast on The Verge, we have Vergecast. 
We have What's Tech. I'm sure we have plenty of others of Verge extras for you to check out. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. And yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.